0: now it's time to think and discern this is bob bernie live
1: it is time to think and discern this is bob bernie live and uh we're broadcasting in columbus ohio today we're also broadcasting in tampa florida on Faith Talk 570-760-910 as I have the privilege of filling in for Bill Bunkley and doing my program at the same time. We are simulcasting, uh, which means our telephone number works wherever you are listening. 877-BOB-LIVE 877-262-54 83 Well we finally have a speaker of the house we do uh Kevin McCarthy was sworn in well after midnight uh Friday night Saturday morning um I used to be a, a late night person and not anymore got too old for that late night stuff Uh, But I I did stay up for that whole thing. The last final vote, the uh, swearing in, the uh, speeches by uh, Hakeem Jeffries, the, uh, well, shall we say the loser in the fight for the Speaker of the House and Kevin McCarthy's acceptance speech. I'm going to refrain from making many comments about Hakeem Jeffrey's speech. But it was one of those uh we want to be united, we want to be together, we want to work together. We're all one, we're all one America, we've got to stop this division. Except I can't stand you Republicans. <laughs> he didn't he didn't use those words, but my goodness, talk about Talking out of both sides of your mouth. Unity, 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 except with anybody who disagrees with us, because we are always right. And he went on and on and on. You would have thought he won instead of Kevin McCarthy. And uh, I was going to yell at the TV, but my wife had uh, fallen asleep. And uh, I, I wanted to yell at the TV. Give him the gavel! Just give him the gavel! I mean, that was his whole purpose. The minority leader uh, handing over the gavel that had been belonged to the hand of Nancy Pelosi for the last 147 years, or at least it seemed like it. That was his responsibility. And he went on and on. And on, and on. And then finally, he uh, gave the uh, gavel over to Kevin McCarthy. And uh, I have not been a huge opponent of Kevin McCarthy, but I haven't been a big supporter either. I don't know whether, you know, conservatives can really trust him. I don't know. I've been just kind of neutral. Uh, But I thought he gave an excellent Acceptance speech. Now, whether he will keep those promises, we'll see. Uh, I didn't, I never saw Kevin McCarthy as um, an orator. I I didn't see him as being very articulate. Well, he was. It was an excellent speech. And so begins the work of uh, what is it, the 118th Congress, I believe. Um, will the Republicans be able to get anything done? Uh, that's yet to be seen. But anyway, we do finally have a Speaker of the House, and I I am grateful for that. Well, the big news over the weekend was not only we got a new Speaker of the House, President Joe Biden yesterday visited the chaos, the catastrophe On the border. Well, no, he, no, he, no, he, did he visit the border? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, here's the bottom line for me. I am a very practical, common-sense person, all right? The real purpose of President Biden going to the southern border was to see firsthand the crisis on the border. Hundreds of thousands, in fact, in the last couple of years, millions of illegal immigrants. Uh, Immigration facilities on the American side of the border, overflowing with people. They can't handle it. People on the streets, everywhere. So that was the entire reason, stated reason, was so that President Biden could get a handle, see for himself... What was going on down on the southern border? And again, the whole thrust of the problem is illegal immigrants. So, how many illegal immigrants did President Biden see? Zero. Say what? Excuse me? Uh, I I thought that was why he went there. Uh, Nope. Mm -mm, No, didn't see any. He went to El Paso. Uh, Local police and the Border Patrol were ordered to clear the streets before the president got there. All of the people sleeping on the streets in you know, handmade tents and so forth, children on the streets crying because they don't have any food and uh, all of that gone. Gone, 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 gone. He saw nothing of the crisis. Here's the best way I know to illustrate the absurdity of this. In the last many years, we have had a number of natural disasters. We had the tornadoes in Kentucky. Uh, Obviously, if we go back far enough, we had Katrina. And in these natural disasters, where there is major flooding, there are tornadoes, there are hurricanes, usually the president waits... A couple of days. So he doesn't get involved. He doesn't create more chaos with those that are trying to do the rescue efforts and so forth. And I think that's wise. But the president waits a few days and then visits. And then you see the president, whether it was was George W. Bush or Obama or Biden. Biden went to Kentucky, the tornadoes. And you saw the president walking among the ruins, the houses destroyed. He talked to the people who had lost everything. Okay, are you with me? What President Biden did yesterday would be equal to waiting until all of the houses had been rebuilt from the tornado and then going to the rebuilt neighborhoods. Or, better yet, a better comparison would be, all right, let's remember the tornadoes that occurred in Kentucky, hundreds of homes destroyed and so forth. President Biden going 100 miles away, where there was no damage whatsoever, in order to survey the destruction of the tornado. Are you with me? The president announces... I'm going to go investigate the tornado damage. And he goes 100 miles away to a community that was not impacted at all. What would the news media say? Uh, Mr. President, I thought you were here to see the, the destruction. That's exactly what happened when he went to the border yesterday. He saw nothing. And then the weirdest, most bizarre thing of all, he chose several places for photo ops. One of the major photo ops was he and Border Patrol agents standing beside Trump's wall. Now, check it out. Don't believe me. You know, the wall that Biden condemned first day in office. We're not going to build another foot of that evil, wicked wall. Yeah. One of the photo ops chosen by the president was Border Patrol agents and himself standing beside the wall that he condemned. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, Just unbelievable. (laughs) Just unbelievable. What will the mainstream media say? The president kept his promise and visited the southern border.
0: Talk radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live.
1: Uh, this is a story I don't even I don't even want to report, but um, I need to. We need to be aware that this kind of thing is happening in America. A six-year-old first-grade student at Rich Neck Elementary School in Newport News, Virginia, I believe it was Friday of last week, got into a quote. Altercation with his first grade teacher. At that point, the six year old first grader pulled out a gun, aimed, fired, and hit his teacher in the abdomen with life threatening injuries. Now, if there's any good news out of this, the teacher is improving. It looks like she will recover, and we can be very, very thankful for that. But my goodness, how have we come to a place in America? And I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I don't know anything about this kid's home. I don't know anything about his parents. I don't know anything about how he got the gun. So I'm not going to get on a bandwagon and start yelling and screaming this way, that way, jumping to this conclusion, that conclusion about guns, the parents. We don't know any of the details. At least I don't. Maybe you have seen some stories that fill in some of the details. All I know is six-year-old boy has a gun in the first grade, gets into an altercation, We're talking to a six-year-old. What do you mean a six-year-old gets into an altercation and has a gun? Um, I am certain we will learn much, much more about this situation in the days ahead. Again, right now we know almost nothing except the the bare details and that the teacher had life-threatening injuries. But is improving, and from the last that I read a couple of hours ago, it looks like, in time, she is going to recover. And that's, that's all we know. Except we know this, something is terribly wrong. Um, again, I'm not going to presume anything about the parents, how he got the gun, The responsibility for the parents, you know, were they just completely irresponsible? We don't know. We don't know, and I I just refuse to get into the speculation game. I know this, though. We are in a sad place as a nation, and we need a mighty moving of God. In our country. This whole battle for the Speaker of the House, yeah, it was important. And I'm glad it's finally over. Congress can do what we've elected them to do. But I don't put any faith or trust in our government for the real answers to America's problems. Zero. Let me repeat that. I put zero trust. In our government to address the real issues that we're facing. Because the real issues are spiritual. We have lost our moral compass, we have lost our spiritual compass, we have lost the principles upon which this country was founded. Our founding fathers were far from perfect. They were fallible human beings just like you and I are. They were not perfect. And all of this talk about, well, they were evil, wicked men, and we can't listen to them, and we don't pay any—we don't care about the foundation of our country and so forth because the country was founded on slavery, blah, 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 blah. Nonsense. Am I diminishing the evil of slavery? Of course not. Not. And I've dealt with this over and over again. You cannot interpret history unless you interpret in the context of history. Most of you with half a brain and any common sense know exactly what I mean by that. You can't interpret history unless you look at history in its context. So in order to understand our founding fathers and slavery... We do not diminish the evil of slavery by any means, but we interpret it in the light of context, not only here in America, but in Europe and in Africa. There is no possible way to understand the evil of slavery in America unless you also look at the evil of slavery in Africa. The bottom line In spite of the weaknesses and failures of our founding fathers, this country was established on a strong belief that God is the creator, and therefore he is the sovereign God over the affairs of men, and each one of us has a responsibility to honor God Because he is the creator, and if we have any rights whatsoever, they do not come from government, they come from God. We have lost that. God is no longer God. Man is God. We have created a God in our own image rather than understanding that we were created in God's image. We now have a God who is at our beck and call. God has to obey us and our wants and our desires rather than us obeying God and what he has declared. We will never see our country turn back in the right direction until those fundamental foundational principles are reestablished And that's not going to happen in the halls of Congress. It's going to happen in your church, my church, and churches across the country.